as mothers, we are experiencing so much change. And often we look at our partner and we say, wow, they are not having to go through this. Maybe my body has changed. I'm responsible for nourishing this child or I am up at night looking into all of these things for my child's development or what kinds of car seat they need, which I was just doing. All of the things that we are doing in our lives are changing in a way that we feel like maybe our partners isn't. And we are doing more of this work. We're sleep deprived, there's financial strain. I mean, we both can experience this, both partners can experience this. But what I'm saying is that most often I'm noticing that moms are reporting this and saying, hey, it just feels like things are not fair. Welcome back to the Pete's Dog Talk podcast. This show's success is due to you and the way you share the show with others and leave reviews. So continue to do so. And thank you so much. I'm excited to welcome back Dr. Asherina Reem. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and founder of Psyched Mommy. She was on my show earlier this year talking about why am I so angry, perinatal rage and motherhood. And she's coming back on to talk about partner resentment in motherhood and how to overcome this. Thank you so much for joining me again, Dr. Asherina. Thank you so much for having me. Well, if people are not familiar with who you are or have not listened to our other episode, Why Am I So Angry? Perinatal Rage in Motherhood. Tell us more about yourself and also why you founded Psych Mommy on Instagram and your website as well. Yes. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in Arizona. Started my career doing all kinds of work in the field of psychology, became a mom and made a huge pivot in my career. After I noticed all of the changes in my life, experiencing perinatal mood disorders and just changes in, I mean, it impacts your entire life, right? (laughs) Becoming a parent. So I made a huge shift in my career and now this is the focus of my work. Awesome. And I loved chatting with you on our other episode about rage. And I think this topic is also really important. We did allude a little bit about partner communication on that last episode. Um, But I wanted to talk about this because this is a huge thing I see in my office with obviously mothers, fathers, but, you know, I'm talking with a lot of parents and I wanted someone who is a, you know, clinical psychologist or trained in this area to chat about resentment. So, What happens in motherhood that we can suddenly or even gradually develop resentment towards our partner that may not have been there Mm -hmm. beforehand? That's a great question. When we enter parenthood and we're in a partnership, most often we're, you know, we're just kind of cruising by. We have a child and this is a big major life transition. So like any major life transition, there is going to be this learning curve. There's going to be a huge adjustment period. And what I find, this is one of the biggest pieces outside of a mother's own mood. This is one of the biggest complaints that all the parents that come walking through my door will talk about. And that's because as mothers, we are experiencing so much change. And often we look at our partner and we say, wow, Mm -hmm. they are not having to go through this. Maybe my body has changed. I'm responsible for nourishing this child or I am up at night looking into all of these things for my child's development or what kinds of car seat they need, which I was just doing. (laughs) So (laughs) like all of the things that we are doing and our lives are changing in a way that we feel like maybe our partners isn't. And we are doing more of this work. We're sleep deprived. There's financial strain. I mean, we both can experience this. Both partners can experience this. But what I'm saying is that most often I'm noticing that moms are reporting this and saying, hey, it just feels like things are not fair. And that's kind of where it starts. I'm noticing this unfairness. I'm noticing that we are no longer like romantically connected. It feels like we're just two ships floating through the night, passing through the night. And we, I mean, 
It's just a divvying yeah. up of tasks. But most often I see this showing up because it feels like things are unequal, they're unfair, the labor is not distributed or divided appropriately. And we start to see that resentment yeah. grew. And this is not uncommon. Yeah. I want to say this. Like this has been researched significantly. And if you follow Gottman's research, doctors John and Julie Gottman, they have heavily researched partner relationships. And within that first year of bringing home a baby, what they have found is that more than 67% of couples report dissatisfaction in their relationship. So this is not something that I'm just, you know, we're talking about, you know, like, oh, hey, you might, you may or may not experience this. This is showing up in research. And it's really important to address because our partner relationships, our satisfaction with them, it's one of the biggest non-biological predictors of postpartum depression. So it's really important to be paying attention to our relationship dynamics. It's not just something that should is like an afterthought. It is something that's incredibly important. Yeah. And from a parenting aspect, because I talk a lot about parenting, it absolutely can affect the parenting dynamic. You know, when there's resentment, that resentment can come across in front of the kids. And I mean, I see it, you know, we talk about that first year, which I believe is very pivotal, like you said, but even in my visits, you know, I see a married couple or, you know, partner relationship coming in and you see that sort of snickering comments of like, you know, throwing it in, you know, to the other partner and whether it's mm-hmm. a heterosexual, you know, woman to man, man to woman situation, I see it both ways in front of the kid. And so I love chatting about this because not only is it something that I want for the couple, but I also know that it can impact the parents, the parenting, and also the child as well to see, well, why is mommy talking about daddy that way? Or why is daddy talking about mommy that way? And I don't want that if we can reduce that and avoid that, you know, Mm -hmm. for children and also Mm -hmm. for just the happiness of the couple. And you're so right that it develops and it is very common. I mean, you talk about the research, but I mean, I see it, even I experienced it. My friends, I don't think I have a single friend of mine who has not at some point experienced resentment once they became a mother, whether it's about finances, whether it's about load in the house, whether it's about both of them are working outside the home and yet the woman takes on more of the parenting duty, which I think is a huge one that I hear and I've experienced as well. You know, like we both work. But why am I Mm -hmm. the one handling the car seat research? Why am I the one handling that? So where do we even begin, I guess, to address these issues and maybe change these patterns so that we can feel more peace with our partner? Mm -hmm. I think one big thing is I always talk about we make the invisible visible. We carry, I mean, as moms, we are going to innately be concerned with so many things. And that's not to say that like, hey, this is my duty as a mother, let me do it. And we're as a, with a badge of honor. We want to share that. We want to make the invisible visible. So we want to talk about all the things. So these are household tasks. We need to write them down, make them visible. Or, you know, if you want to verbally address this with your partner, go for it. But what I find success in is like talking about, these are all the things I'm having to do, or these are all of the household tasks. What do you feel comfortable taking on? What do I feel comfortable taking on? Because when we agree to do something, it feels more reasonable and it feels more fair. It's not going to ever be equal. So that's something that I do want to address. There's not going to be this like, we're going to split things up. 50-50. 50-50. That doesn't usually happen just because logistics and because life and this is just part of the human experience. But if we can agree to something, it feels like, okay, I actually, I had a part in this. I agreed to do this. You know, I felt like I was agreed upon. It was a decision I made. It wasn't something that was just defaulted onto me that I am now like having to do because of just circumstance and nature. 
So we want to make the invisible visible. We also want to discuss our expectations with our partner in a way that feels good for both of you. I also go back to this idea that our partner isn't the problem. The problem is the problem. And this is also like in the context of a healthy partnership where you feel like you're respected and that the two of you have the same goals. You both want to remain together. There's, you know, it's a healthy dynamic, but in most cases, the problem is the problem. And we need to figure out what the problem is. Okay, I'm noticing we both work outside of the home, but I'm cooking all the meals. I'm cleaning all the like doing all the housework. And this also, according to research, more women are being responsible. Others shouldering all the household work, even when they are working outside of the home. So this is a real problem. And we need to address that and say, I don't feel comfortable doing all of this stuff. How can we divide this that feels good for both of us? And we want to bring it up in a very respectful way. I talk about this in therapy. I've been talking about this in therapy for over a decade. But we want to bring up a problem how we'd like to receive it. I'm going to send a message how I'd like to receive it. In no circumstance do I ever feel good when someone comes to me and says, you never do this stuff. You suck at this. You know, you aren't, you aren't doing this. You're not doing a good job at this. And in, in any circumstance, I can't even think of one where I'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. You're good. I should probably work on that. We want to send the message how we like to receive it. We want to communicate our feelings because when we don't and we suppress this is a breeding ground for bitterness and resentment and resentment is erosive to that relationship dynamic and it'll turn into an eruption of sorts and it's just unhealthy to sustain. It's not sustainable. So we want to talk about what our needs are in a respectful way and have ongoing dialogue. Maybe you have like a weekly check-in where you say like, how are things feeling for you? How are, you know, what's on your plate that you feel like is unmanageable and vice versa. How do you feel about, you know, doing these chores or these tasks? And, um, that's just a start. That's just like ground zero on starting to untangle this resentment. Oh, yeah. And I think, you, like you said, it like snowballs the resentment if you don't address it. And I love the two phrases that I love, make the invisible visible. And also it's not the person's the problem at hand, especially when you know you want to continue with this marriage or partnership. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clux. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast 
for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Becoming a new mom does not come with a manual, but I'm trying to get as close to it as possible. Are you expecting a baby or know somebody who is? Make sure to grab my first year course, The New Mom Survival Guide. The on-demand course contains modules covering parenting in the first year, newborn feeding like breast and formula feeding, newborn sleep and infant sleep, introduction of solids, safety, baby care how-tos, developmental milestones, teething, and so much more. With videos and printables, you will feel supported through the first year. The course also has a roadmap that takes you through what to expect visit by visit so you can feel more confident and calm in the choices that you make and the stages that you'll go through during your baby's first year. By purchasing, you also get access to our Facebook community to troubleshoot issues or concerns. It also makes a great gift that can support a new mom through her motherhood journey. Check out the New Mom Survival Guide by visiting pedsdoctalk.com and searching our popular courses. How can someone communicate with a partner who may not understand? I'm using the example, you know how you just talked about making a list, right? Which I think is a really great idea, like mm-hmm. of making things visible, visible. And then that person says, I brought that up to families in my office. You know, like, again, I'm not a therapist, but I'm like, when you're a pediatrician, people come to you for all their problems. Okay? Yes. It's just what yes. it is. And then I give them some things. I'm like, but look, I'm not your therapist. I need you guys to get the help and do what you need to do. But one of the things they'll yeah. say is that either the husband or wife will say, and it usually is the husband partner. I'm going to be very honest with you in this situation. Well, why are you making things tit for tat? And I'm like, well, it's not tit for tat. It's visualization of what each person is putting into this relationship. So how do you approach that partner who may not understand that this is an issue or who may not want to kind of make things better, if you will? Yeah. So this is definitely not tit for tat. We think about there's two different experiences. We talk about like taking all the household tasks and divvying them up. That is like fair partnership. Obviously keeping like ledger of things that happen. That's a very different experience. Like, you know, well, you said this and you did that. That's like keeping a ledger of like the things that we do that are not ideal and they're not desirable. I think when you talk about how this impacts our partnership, that's what makes the needle move in the right direction. When we say like, Hey, I want to go through some of the responsibilities that we share in this household. And this would help me to feel just more balanced in our relationship and our partnership. It would make me feel like I'm heard, I'm seen, I'm you know supported in a way that's incredible. It makes me feel more connected to you. When we talk about what that does, when we talk about the outcomes, sometimes we can get that partner to see, okay, now I can recognize like why this is important. Obviously, that's a challenge because like, 
you want everybody to know like this is important, no matter if it has a positive effect on your partner or not. Like, why wouldn't I want to support our household? Like, what would you do without me? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But I think bringing it up and saying like, these are our household responsibilities. And when you don't support me in this, I am noticing that bitterness. I am noticing that resentment towards you. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel like we are a strong, you know, dynamic, a strong team. And when we do this stuff together, I feel closer to you. I feel more connected, more, maybe even more, I have more desire to be intimate because truly I hear this absolutely really often. We talk about, um, foreplay. Foreplay does not start in the bedroom. It's just cleaning up after yourself in the kitchen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying this is like dangling no, is a like, carrot, but this it is makes like so happy with dishes. <laughs> it, is, it is. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, yes. Like foreplay is all day. It's all of the yeah. things. It's a culmination <laughs> of things. So we want to talk about the impact that it has on the partnership. Yeah. Like this is what happens when this is not shared fairly. And this is how I feel. And then when it is shared fairly, this is how I feel. So that we can kind of really create that, making it visible. Like, oh, okay, I never would have thought of it that way. Because most often our partners don't have that need or that desire. They don't see things that way. So helping them understand can really move the needle. Yeah, I love it. But that's and where you're right. I, I mean, a lot of this is such an issue that impacts so many different aspects of your life. You said intimacy and so much of physical intimacy is emotional intimacy, support, all of that stuff. And there are all these data studies that come out, you know, like that first year postpartum that, you know, partners don't have intimacy or sexual desire. And a lot of it could be time, but a lot of it could be this. And there's so many layers to kind of put in there. It's not just one thing all the time. This is such a great conversation. Again, I think it's so important that we have these conversations similar to the one we had about perinatal rage so that people understand that this happens. You're not alone. There's nothing wrong with your marriage. You're not doomed for failure. But there are things like you said perfectly that we have to communicate with our partner to get this resentment under control, discuss it and maybe move forward from it. What would be your final message for everyone listening today? I want to remind everybody that your relationship is going to be tested every time you bring home a child. This is a transition period. You're meeting a whole new person and it's shifting the dynamics. You went from you and your partner being focused on one another to now your attention is focused on the small human being. So there are going to be growing pains and everyone experiences them. And it's just going to take a lot more effort and work. And you feel like, hey, well, I don't have the energy because we're tired and now we have a new human. So how do you expect me to work on this relationship? I would highly, highly encourage you to have open dialogue, but also be open to working together with a therapist. But here is the really important message. You want your therapist to like do couples work. And honestly, to do couples work exclusively, this is a yeah. specialty area. And this is not just like somebody like, I don't see couples, but hey, I'll yeah. see them. I'll see you. This is my exception. You want people to be trained to work with couples. This is important work. So if they're Gottman trained, if they do, you know, EFT, emotionally focused therapy with couples or IPT, interpersonal therapy, there's a number of therapy dynamics that are specific to the couple relationship, the couple partnership. So you want that kind of provider so that they can really help you navigate that. Otherwise, they're going to be sending you on in the wrong direction. Yeah. Well, that's a really great point. And also all the points that you made today were so great. Thank you so much for joining us and for also the other conversation we had about perinatal rage and motherhood too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And where can people find you to stay connected on all of your resources and information? I know you, obviously we talked about resentment and we talked about rage last time and you talk about so many relatable experiences, especially mothers go through. Um, so where can people find you to stay connected on all your information? 
Yes, you could find me at psychedmommy.com. I'm Psyched Mommy on every single social media platform. I actually have a workshop mm-hmm. on resentment and an unfairness in the partnership because this is one of the most common problem areas that comes up in therapy. So that's also a resource that I do have. Perfect. And I will be linking everything to the show notes, not only the website that has all of her workshops, but also her Instagram and social media handles as well. And if you love this episode, which I'm sure you did, I hope you also listen to the perinatal rage one, because this information is so important so that we can be more present with ourselves, more present with our partners, and then subsequently more present with our children. Leave a review if you found this information useful for you. Call out Dr. Ashwin Areem and her amazing information that she provided. Share it on social, share it with your partner, maybe listen with your partner. And I can't wait to have her on again. I'm sure she'll be back on the show. And I cannot wait to welcome another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, TV. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.